Dude, we don't care who listening and who not listening. About a little pacer pod. What's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Pacers Pod. Coming at you on a Saturday morning. We are about four hours away from the NBA playoffs starting, um, which I've got a lot of playoff talk to do, which is why I why I'm recording this a little early. Um, before I get into the playoff discussions, the uh, the Pacers did have one regular season game this last week. It was uh, Wednesday against the Atlanta Hawks in Atlanta. Pacers ended up getting a win, even though we were able to rest all of our players, pretty much. Um, I'm trying to think of anybody that will be contributing in the playoffs. That I'm Darren Collison started, um, and then you know we might see a little bit of Aaron Holiday or TJ Leaf in the playoffs. Those guys played against Atlanta. But our top players were able to rest, and since they hadn't played since uh, the previous Sunday, and then our first game against Boston in the playoffs is this Sunday, tomorrow, you know, we're going to have a week off for our top guys, uh, which is good because uh, it's always nice to have a little fresher legs. That's one thing the playoffs bring is it's a, it's kind of a chance to re- refresh, um, It you know, People talk about the NBA as two seasons. You've got the regular season, which ultimately, um, you know, it's fun and there's a lot of games and um, it's fun to follow. But the meaningful part is the playoffs, the second part of the season. So that's what we're getting ready for here. Um, So, yeah, the Pacers did get a win against Atlanta to finish out the season with a record of 48 and 34, which was right above what uh, Vegas had for their total wins, which is incredible thinking that, you know, Oladipo only played 30 games this year and the Pacers were still able to come out with a record that impressive. Um, I guess real quick back to the Atlanta game. Uh, It was a good moment for Edmund Sumner. He's, you know, the guy that, uh, let's see, he's maybe a second year player. Um, but he spent a lot of time with the Fort Wayne Madians this season, and he got to play against uh, Atlanta, and he ended up getting fouled at the very end of the game. The Pacers were down by two, and he gets fouled shooting a three-pointer, steps up to the line, knocks all three of them down, and Pacers get the win by one. Um, some would be like, no, why, why are we winning this game? Because, you know, we really... We had a chance if we would have lost to lock in our draft position because the draft positions are based off of your regular season um, record. Uh, So if you're a team that's outside of the lottery, then the draft order gets selected by your record and the teams with the worst records get to select earlier in the draft. So the Pacers, um, by winning that game, which I'm all for, like it, like Really, you know, you. so we had a chance to, to select 18th if we would have lost. But since we won, we ended up in, with a, uh, a chance to actually select 20th. In, and the draft is in June, I believe. Um, 
But so there were three teams, the Pacers, the Clippers, and the San Antonio Spurs that all had the same record. So they ended up having to do a coin flip and the Pacers came out on top. So we still get to select 18th in the draft, which it's pretty nice to think that we, you know, that's not that bad of a pick. Um, Last year, the Pacers selected 23rd and got Aaron Holiday, who's, you know, the, the, the jury's still out on Holiday, but he's had a good rookie season and... I feel pretty comfortable saying that Holiday is going to be be around for a while. I think I think he'll find a spot in the league. Um, and then the year prior, we had the 18th pick as well, and we picked uh, T.J. Leaf, who um, I, I don't feel as good about T.J. Leaf. I'm not sure how much longer he'll be in the league. Um, so you just never know what you're going to get with the with the 18th pick. But it was cool to see that the Pacers. You know, we are we are going to get the 18th pick next year. We have our own draft pick, so we do get to make that selection. Um, and really, that's I guess that that'll be talked about after the season. I really wanted to talk about this upcoming series against Boston, and uh, but just wanted to note that we do know wh- where we're going to pick this year. So 2019 draft, we got the 18th pick. Um, so yeah, we'll get into that later. But so. Now that the, 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 the playoffs are set, the matchups are set, uh, they start today, and the Pacers and the Celtics will be playing. Um, their first game is going to be Sunday, and then it goes, so Sunday in Boston, then it's Wednesday in Boston, and then I think they play Friday in Indiana. I should have the schedule in front of me, but I don't, but um, this will be my preview, and then I'll probably recap the first game. Um, or maybe wait until after the second game. Uh, but anyways, I'm super excited for the playoffs, and I'm really excited for this um, for this matchup against the Celtics. I've I've been doing some thinking about it, and um, you know, I, I think the Pacers definitely have a chance, and so I'm going to make a case for the Pacers, um, and then I'm also going to make a case for the Celtics, and then I, I kind of give you what I think. If I, if I had to put money on it, what I think would happen. So the Celtics ended up the year 49 and 33, Pacers 48 and 34. So one game ahead of us. Um, I think I talked about the Pacers struggles on my, on the last episode of how, you know, we've been getting down on all these, like out of our last 20 games or whatever, we've been getting down by double digits and, you know, 75% of them. Uh, the Pacers haven't been winning games. I think we're six and 12, now seven of 12, seven and 12. To, to close the year. Boston, on the other hand, you know, I, I've, I've spoke about them too. They, they're a team that's had super high expectations to start the season, have never been able to find that groove. Um, they've underachieved. They are, but they're still super talented and they still have all these players. The same reasons why we thought Boston was going to be really good to start the season uh, you know, really nothing's changed besides the fact that they've played an entire regular season and not been able to find any sort of cohesiveness as a unit. So that's kind of setting the table for the matchup. The, the Celtics have won four out of the last five games coming into the playoffs. So they're not on fire by any means, but they have been winning games better than the Pacers have been doing. And... Um, so that that so that's where we start. Um, first, I'm going to make a case for the for the Pacers and and why I think the Pacers have a chance to beat Boston in this series. 
and maybe some things that I think the Pacers would need to do in order to pull it off. And, and to me, one of the most important things about this series is going to be which team establishes kind of that edge, the, the toughness edge, the, the team that's, that's putting pressure on the other team, the team that's, that's being more physical. Uh, and to me, I think the Pacers, in order to, to beat the, the, the Celtics, have got to be the team that, that establishes that toughness. And I think it starts game one, first quarter, right off the bat, because this game is going to be in Boston, and Boston's got one of the best fan bases in the league. They're going to be ready to pounce on the Pacers. Um, the Boston crowd is going to be, they're going to be going nuts over everything that the Celtics do well. So, if, but if the Pacers can go in, I think, and if they can, and I think it starts with Thad Young and Wesley Matthews. I think we need those two guys particularly to set the tone um, on the defensive end and 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 just be kind of nasty. Be like, we're not going to need Thad Young or Wesley Matthews. Like, we're going to want their offense, but ultimately, what they bring to this Pacers team, I think, the most valuable thing is their defensive toughness their energy, their leadership. There are vets. I mean, we have other veterans on the team too, but I think Thad and Wes, you know, um, are the two that I'm specifically looking for to establish the toughness against Boston. And if they can do that, I think the rest of the Pacers players will follow suit. So, I, you know, we, we've seen Miles Turner show some emotion this season. Um, we've seen Bogey, obviously. He gets pretty fired up. Uh, Sabonis always plays with emotion, but I just think if Thad Young and Wesley Matthews are out there and, you know, who's going to guard Kyrie? That's a, that's a big question. Um, but I just want to see Thad and Wesley Matthews really get after like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And if, if Wesley's playing Kyrie, same thing, get physical with these guys because Boston's got definitely has some physical players. Um, but I think Indiana can establish the toughness edge. And I think if we can do that, then that's going to set us up for a chance to win the series. And like I said, it's got to happen right away. We've got to be the first ones to punch. And and the reason that we need to, you know, I, I, I see Boston. Okay, I got like a million thoughts in my head right now. But Boston is a team that, you know, all season long hasn't really meet met expectations. They haven't found the cohesiveness as a unit. I think they're a team that has the talent, obviously, but if we can just keep pressuring them and rattle them and make them um, like make them play to like to beat the Pacers, which sounds obvious, but like we, the Pacers just need to uh, really, really challenge the Celtics. Don't let them get anything easy. Play sound um, defense and just be physical, like make it hard for Boston. Like Kyrie's not a guy that wants to get real physical. Um, I don't think Tatum is really a guy that wants to get real physical. Uh, who else? I mean, Jalen Brown is probably, well, I guess that'll just take me into, let me just make that point. The point that the first thing that the Pacers need to do is establish the toughness. And it starts with Wesley Matthews and Thad Young. I think the rest of the team will follow suit. And now we will have the energy against Boston. Um, I think we need to bully 
and make the game ugly. And especially the two guys, Tatum and Brown, are the two that um, I see. Like, Kyrie's going to get his. And the Pacers are going to have a really hard time dealing with Kyrie Irving. Al Horford's going to do his thing. Um, but the two guys that I think that could really screw us over, well, and there's still Hayward too, but uh, especially Tatum. Tatum's one of those guys that can go for 30 points a night or he can get seven. And it all depends on, uh, you know, like what kind of looks he's getting at the game. Like what we've seen in the regular season from Tatum is sometimes he'll get checked out. He'll just watch Kyrie dribble the ball, watch Kyrie drive to the hoop. Um, And I do think that Kyrie's probably going to be looking to win this series um, to prove that like, you know, like the Celtics are legit and they're legit because they have Kyrie Irving. And so I think he's going to be playing with something to prove. He's going to be looking to score the ball. And in my opinion, I think that's what he's going to try to do. Um, so, yeah, I think I think the Pacers need to muddy up the game, but only on only when we're playing defense. We can't let that affect our offense, because if we get into a slow down, grind it out offensive on the offensive side of the ball, you know, we're screwed because we're, we're not even going to be able to score 90 points. And Boston will beat us. So it's going to be finding the balance between making the game. It's like like having the energy, having the toughness, get, having that edge. But at the same time, being able to play loose and fast on offense. Move the ball on offense. Use the fact that we have all this depth on our team to get quick shots from different guys. Like, uh, let's have seven or eight guys Set, let's say seven guys in double figures, and let's say Bogey leads the way with 20. To me, that seems like kind of the perfect solution um, while also, you know, having the game be uh, be extremely physical and rough for Boston. Let's make Boston truly, truly beat us um, by overcoming the fact that we're, you know, roughing them up. Um you know, truly, the Pacers have nothing to lose in this series. Uh, everybody thought the Pacers were going to just drop when Oladipo went out this season. Obviously, they didn't. They they fought hard. They sustained throughout the season. They've they've proven that they have a, a lot of uh, players on their team that um, you know that aren't that, that that won't just fold. And so, I believe that the Pacers think that they can win this series against Boston even though no one else really does, except for the smartest person I know has the Pacers making it to the finals um, in her bracket. But, uh, you know, the Pacers have nothing to lose against Boston, and so they need to play with that sort of um, freedom and that sort of, of looseness. But at the same time, it, they need to be playing. Like, I can't stress enough how, how much I think we have to punch Boston in the mouth uh, every single game like like if Boston I think it's psychologically if Boston feels like they can overpower Indiana with like hustle and grit and grind then we have nothing we have nothing because we, we don't have the talent that Boston has we don't have the guys who are gonna um, you know just overwhelm Boston with their scoring ability or their athleticism so it's got to be it's got to be that gold don't quit mentality and, uh, 
to me, that's just that's what it's going to come down to if, if the Pacers have a chance to win this game. Like I said, they're not going to have anything to lose, so play loose. Um, I think another thing that the Pacers have going for them or a key for them to be able to beat Boston is going to be uh, how can Miles Turner, uh, that Miles Turner-Al Horford matchup, you know, um, Al Horford's a great player. He's probably the second most important player on the Boston Celtics. And Turner's a really, he's an up-and-comer, right? And um, he's had a better season this year than he did last season. Um, Turner needs to, to me, Turner needs to be able to um, hold his own against Horford and at least have like 80% of the impact that Al Horford does. So like Turner needs to be a beast on on uh, on defense, like blocking shots, like nothing nothing happens inside. Like let's make Boston shoot from outside, and the one guy that we got to look out for who's going to be coming inside is going to be Kyrie Irving. So I'm hoping to see Turner get you know let's have him average three or more blocks a game this series. Um, and then the big question mark is can Turner knock down his jump shot in the playoffs? It's a totally different atmosphere. Um, it's going to be in Boston, which is one of the hardest atmospheres to play in. And and this is all just kind of building off the fact that, like, the Pacers just have to punch Boston in the mouth. I, that we have got to be the most physical team. And I think from there we can build off of that. And that's going to be the thing for Turner is, you know, is the jump shot falling? And if it is you know, then that matchup between Turner and Horford isn't so lopsided in favor of Boston if Turner's protecting the rim and hitting his jump shot. Who knows? I mean, if he's doing those two things, depending on how well he does those two things, he could even be as impactful of a player as Horford is in this series. Um, another big thing that the, that, the, that the Pacers have in their favor is that Boston, you know, they lost their best perimeter defender in Marcus Smart for Marcus Smart's going to be, he had like a torn oblique or something. I think that was like maybe uh, like a week ago. It was was basically the very end of the season. He he gets hit with this injury. He's out for the first two rounds of the playoffs at least. So the Pacers are not going to have to worry about Marcus Smart. Now he's their starting shooting guard. He's their best perimeter defender. Marcus Smart brings toughness, energy, attitude. He brings all the things that I think the Pacers have to establish in order to win this series, Boston's not going to have their number one guy that brings those skills. And so that's a big thing for the Pacers. I think that not having Marcus Smart out there is going to be um, a huge advantage because now, um, well, unfortunately, Boston is so good that they, they still can, they're just probably going to plug in Jalen Brown, who's probably better than Marcus Smart. But when it comes, you know, I, I, I think this, the Pacers chance comes down to the toughness and Boston's going to be without their, one of their toughest guys, if not their toughest player in Marcus Smart. And it's going to be nice not having him pester um, all of our, like he's a really, really good defender. And, you know, the question is, how did the Pacers take advantage of this? So now Wesley Matthews, you know, he should have a, a little bit easier of a time not having Marcus Smart smother him all game. And um, and I think that's that could work in the Pacers' favor with the, with Boston not having uh, Marcus Smart. It gives the Pacers a better chance at being the aggressive uh, the, or the aggressor uh, of the two teams 
in, in this series. And so, you know, for the Pacers, can can they put enough pressure on Boston to make Boston implode? Which is the thing that Boston has done all season long um, is, you know, can we can we make it so that they start looking around at each other and they start pointing fingers and Tatum starts to feel like, yo, Kyrie's just trying to do this whole thing himself. Like, I'm ready for this to be over. Or, or you know, like, or Kyrie, does he feel like, man, my teammates aren't helping me out enough. I just need to go get mine. Um, I'm just going to have to win this by myself. And, uh, like, we just have to, Boston has to feel the pressure of Indiana. And the way that I think that we're going to make them feel that pressure, said it a hundred times, it's going to be the toughness aspect of the game, of the game. Are we the team that's diving on the balls? On the <laughs> diving on the balls? Are we the team that's diving for the ball? Are we the team who's you know, um, you know, committing the hard fouls, letting Boston know like, hey, you're not just you're not just going to be able to get what you want here, and um, are we going to be a team that's not turning the ball over, not giving them any easy chances? Um, can we handle ourselves on on the glass? You know, like we can't be giving up you know, 10 to 15 offensive rebounds a game against Boston and giving them extra chances. It's got to be one and done. And that's, that's going to be on miles. You know, um, how about Sabonis? What, what kind what can the, I didn't even talk about Sabonis yet, but like bringing him off the bench. I think I mentioned this maybe in last, on the last podcast, like I think Sabonis has to be the, the number one guy, right. Uh, off the bench for either team. I did, I did talk about that on, on the last one. Um, so yeah, can the Pacers put enough pressure on Boston um, for them to implode, and therefore maybe we can win four games and, and get on to the uh, the Eastern Conference semifinals? All right, now going to be uh, talking about the Celtics and the case for the Celtics. Um, Boston's always in this series against Indiana. Boston is always going to have the best player on the court. There will never be a time that you look out there and you say, oh, the Pacers have the best player um, because Boston's always going to have Kyrie or Al Horford or Jason Tatum or Gordon Hayward. So that's going to be a huge advantage for the Celtics, especially Kyrie Irving. It, it, it really, I mean, you could probably make a case that like, well, maybe Bogdanovich can be as impactful or as important as Tatum or Horford, but... I don't think we're ever, you're never going to be able to mistake uh, one of Pacers players being as as uh, elite as Kyrie Irving. I mean, Kyrie, as much as people want to talk about and I, I, you know, kind of shit on him for his lack of leadership, maybe this season or, you know, like at the beginning of the season, he talked about how he wanted to be a Celtic uh, basically for life or, you know, like he wanted to sign. So he's going to be a free agent this summer and. There's tons of questions about where, like, is he going to re-sign with Boston? Is Boston even going to um, try to re-sign him? Is he is he going to go to the Knicks? Is he going to go to the Lakers? Like, what's up with, with Kyrie? And that seems to be a common thread amongst a lot of the elite players in the league. It's like we're always wondering um, what they're going to do in free agency. So Kyrie's going to be a free agent. Um, he's had a heck of a season, even though the Celtics have underachieved as far individually He's almost at a 50-40-90, which is you know 50% from the field from field from the field overall, over 40% from the three-point line, and 90% from free throws. So so Kyrie was 
uh, from the free throw lines, which is which is damn good. I mean, he's a guy you don't want to see on the free throw line. Um, his numbers for the season, 24 points a game, five rebounds, seven assists, one and a half steals. On top of those shooting percentages, it's like, come on. He's really good. Kyrie's really, really good. And the Pacers are going to have a really hard time dealing with him. Like Darren Collison, um, I don't know what he's going to be able to bring to the Pacers in this series. I think you got to roll with Corey Joseph because at least Corey Joseph has a better chance at, at keeping Kyrie um, out of the paint. Um, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, so the, the Pacers, I mean, the Celtics have the talent. You know, Kyrie's. Kyrie's a super, super, superstar player, top 10 NBA talent. Uh, then they have Al Horford, who's, he's just kind of like, he's like the guy that every team would want to have. He's, he's, he brings all the intangibles. He's, he plays really smart. He plays within his own game. He's, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's a really good quality to have is, is, is someone who's not always trying to score 30 points. Like, Having a guy who's just like, yo, I'm good with just taking seven shots. I'm going to make five of them. Um, I'm going to dish out the ball. So Horford, you know, as a center, averages four over four assists a game. He's always going to he's going to be, you know, probably seven, eight rebounds, 13, 14 points. Good free throw shooter. Good, good uh, field goal percentages. He can even step out and hit the three. He's a he's a veteran who's been on good teams before. He was on that Atlanta Hawks team uh, that won over 60 games. But um, you know, Horford is one of those guys to me, what do you do? He won two championships at Florida and, uh, I'm sure he wants that NBA championship and, um, he's a key to Boston. He's going to be tough for the Pacers to deal with. It's going to be up to, uh, Miles Turner and Sabonis and even Thad Young getting down there and keeping Horford in check. And another guy that we're going to have to deal with is Jason Tatum. Uh, he's averaging 15 points a game, but he's one of those players who's capable of dropping 30 on you if he gets it going early on. Um, he's a second-year player out of Duke, so young guy, 20, probably 20, 21 years old. Um, he has playoff experience. Last year, you know, the, the Celtics made that run to the Eastern Conference Finals, took Cleveland to seven games last year. Um, and Tatum was a huge piece of that because obviously Boston didn't have uh, uh, Kyrie or, or Gordon Hayward. So it was basically Tatum and Jalen Brown. And, um, the thing about Tatum, you know, I said, you know, he can go off and get you 25, 30 points. Um, and, and that's going to be a problem. I, I, that's why I think we have to try to take him out of the game, try to make him feel like he has to, um, in order for him to get his points, he's going to have to make like all-star level type moves to get them. Um, which he's very capable of doing. Tatum's one of those guys that can hit shots that you're like, you know, the announcer, announcers would be like, that's really good defense, but that's just better offense. And sometimes that's what happens. And I just want to hear that when Tatum scores and not like, you know, him getting easy buckets or, get, or getting fast break points or getting wide open threes. Um, so, yeah, I want Tatum to, to be frustrated and I want him to feel like he's he's got to force the ball or like he's got to have to like force it to get his shots off. Um, that That's what I hope. But there see, I, I guess I'm making the case for the Celtics. So the case would be they've got a guy that could potentially light you up for 30 points in Jason Tatum. Um, 
you know, I mentioned the Marcus Smart injury earlier, and uh, I think I, I think that's going to be good for the Pacers. But there's a, definitely a chance if you're making the case as a Celtics fan uh, that that's actually like a blessing in disguise because the biggest problem that the Boston Celtics have had this year is finding finding their identity, finding their cohesiveness. What what guys work well together? How do they share the ball? And get the right amount of shots to the to the right people. And so sometimes, you know, there's this thing where it can be addition by subtraction. So by losing um, by losing Marcus Smart, now that opens up an extra 35 minutes a game that now you get to divvy out to guys who have been frustrated this year because they haven't been getting those minutes. Um, I think probably what the Boston Celtics will do is is just sub in Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown's a third-year player from, uh, did he go to, like, Cal? It doesn't matter. I think he went, he was one of those California teams. Third overall pick. He had an amazing breakout season last year. Um, he's like a 6'7", 6'8", wing, long, athletic. He's going to be a problem for the, for the Pacers. And uh, as, a, as a Celtics fan, you could say, hey, I'm actually okay losing Marcus Smart because we're just going to plug in Jalen Brown. And that just means more minutes for him. That means more minutes for Gordon Hayward. That means more minutes for Terry Rozier. Um, so one of those three guys could really step up big for Boston. They're very capable of it. They've all done it in the past. They've all got a lot of playoff experience. Uh, you got a all-star in Hayward who's been coming on really strong lately. If you remember that last game that the Celtics played Pacers, Gordon went nine and nine from the field for 21 points. So he's, he's very capable of, of, uh, giving us problems. And Terry Rozier, to be honest, you know, he was really, really good last year when Boston made their run to the Eastern conference finals. And he's had a horrible season this year. Um, but with more minutes, which is probably why he's had a horrible season is he's had a hard time, um, like reestablishing his role because he, he got used to last year playing in, in the spot of Kyrie and when Kyrie comes back, that means Terry's going to, his minutes were drastically cut back. Um, but yeah, so I, I definitely could see that being a problem for the Pacers and, and, a, and a good thing for Boston. Because one of the things like, I'm, you know, like the playoffs give you a chance to basically you reset because now you're entering into the new part of the season. And the fact that they have this, it's not just that they're going to have an it's, they're going to have to re-identify themselves because they're they're going to be without their one of their starters. So they're going to be a different team, and that also gives them a, a, a greater chance of landing on an identity that is problematic, not only for the Pacers, but I could see it being problematic for a lot of the teams in the league, depending on how how well the how well the Celtics can can uh, fill in fill in the Marcus Smart gap. Um, yeah, I think the Celtics are still super dangerous, not just to the Pacers, but but to the rest of the league um, here in the playoffs. So who knows? Maybe Jalen Brown steps in and he could be, I mean, he's just, he could be better than, than Marcus Martin. So could Gordon Hayward. Um, and realistically, Terry Rozier could do the same thing, especially against the Pacers. He could give give us a, a lot of problems. Um, something else about the Celtics that is very good is that they're an amazing free throw shooting team. I looked that up because I was looking up Kyrie's numbers and I realized, man, he's shooting 87% from the free throw line. 
as a team, Boston shoots over 80%. All of their guys who are really going to be playing, the only guy who's not very good is Jalen Brown, and he's like a 65% free throw shooter. I didn't look up the Pacers um, free throw percentages, but I know that seems to be something that we suck at. Like, I bet we're probably 70% or maybe 65 to 70, somewhere in that range. Boston, on the other hand, is very good. And especially their guys that are going to be Kyrie, Gordon, uh, Tatum, Horford. Like, who are you going to foul if it comes down to the end of these games? When you do foul somebody, odds are they're going to step up and knock those free throws down. And so that's going to be a hu- potentially a huge advantage for Boston especially if these games play out in a way that the Pacers are probably going to want them to be, which is going to be close, kind of ugly games, like probably scores in the 90s rather than scores in the in the 110s. Um, that's just my opinion. I think that that could be a problem for us. Um, another another thing that the Celtics have is they, they probably do not fear anything about the Indiana Pacers. Um, you know that we we had those two games uh, to close out the season. Uh, Boston got the game winner by Kyrie when we played in Boston, and then they came into Indiana and, and beat the Pacers by twenty points. Um, and that was that's just over the last two weeks. Um, so I don't know. I mean, if, so I think if you're if you're Boston, you're probably looking at the the playoffs and. The Pacers are probably just a team that you see as like a way to find your new identity to it's like I don't think there's any team in the league that needs that reset more than the Boston Celtics. Now, it could it it might not it might not be a good reset, which is is what is what I hope the Pacers can do. I hope the Pacers make it so hard for Boston to find their new identity. Don't let them don't like the, the, the worst thing. The worst thing for the Pacers and the best thing for the Celtics would be if game one tip tips off. I think it's a one o'clock start on Sunday in Boston. And, you know, it's just Boston lands a, a haymaker right right at the start. Like say they say they get up by 12 or 14 points against Pacers in the first quarter, because now you've got these like the that's like the worst thing, because Boston's now going to start feeding off of this momentum and I don't know how the Pacers can can get back up on top. I, I think the Pacers have to be the ones that initiate. They have to land that first punch, and they have to be. Um, they have to show in game one that that it's that it's not going to be as easy as the Celtics might think it might maybe. The Celtics may see like, oh, we're just going to plug in Jalen Brown, and then um, you know, and now we're rolling. And 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 so like, if Boston does happen to roll over the Pacers. Then it's kind of like watch out for their next round opponent because uh, they're a new team. They they really would be a new team. It's a new season. Um, so yeah, that leads me to to my prediction. I, I think that's that's what I have as far as setting up the series. Um, my head tells me that this is a, a Boston. Boston win. I think it goes four or five games. Honestly, um, I think Boston's, and it all comes down to if they can establish their new identity um, or not, or do they implode? And can can Indiana come out and um, put them against the ropes? 
So my head says Boston in five, reason being Kyrie Irving, um, just the overwhelming talent of Boston. Boston has home court. Um, so if I weren't a Pacers fan, that's what I'd be picking. Boston in five. Uh, my heart says Pacers in seven. And I think the Pacers would, would be able to do that based off of the toughness. It's the three T's, man. The three T's. We've been talking about it all season long. Uh, toughness, togetherness, and trust. Pacers can, ident- can get, nail those three things down. Uh, my heart says we can win this series. We can do it in seven and um, move on to the next round. But we'll see. That's what, it, that's what it's all about. It's, it's exciting. I, I'm, ex- I'm excited to watch the game tomorrow. Um, I'm probably even going to be watching some, some of the playoffs that start today here. Um, and we'll go from there. Um, I'll be checking in as the Pacers, you know, and, and Boston series progresses. A big, big, big game. Big, big game tomorrow. Game one. Um, did want to take just a couple minutes here and lay out just kind of my predictions for the rest of this, the league in the playoffs. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll move through this pretty quickly here because, to be honest, like, I, I, I don't watch a lot of, especially, well, this season, I didn't watch a lot of the NBA games outside of the Pacer games. There are a couple that I caught, but that's what really what I'm excited about for the playoffs is getting to watch these teams. Um, in the playoffs, you know, it's it's truly the best that the teams have to offer. Sometimes in the regular season, you know, you're not going to, like, you might, you might lose a game because you don't want to play your best player five additional minutes from what he's usually playing. Or, you know, uh, you may, you may rest a guy because like, like what Toronto did all season that Kawhi Leonard only played 60 games, even though he didn't have an injury. It's just, it's all about kind of, you know, you want to, you, the regular season is about setting yourself up for success in the playoffs. Um, and then when the playoffs come, it's like, here we go. Hold on. Cause this is, these are the best players in the world playing at the highest level with the most on the line. And so that's why the playoffs are so amazing. But um, anyways, so in the Eastern Conference, I've got uh, Milwaukee taking, taking care of uh, the Detroit Pistons. And like I said, I'm going to go with my head, unfortunately. And I'm going to say the Celtics take care of the Pacers. Um, and then I've got the 76ers beating the Nets and the Raptors beating the Magic. So top four teams in the East. And then it gets really, really hard because I can see Boston beating Milwaukee. I can see Milwaukee beating Boston. I can see, um, I could see where the Raptors could beat Philly, and also vice versa, where Philly could beat the Raptors. Um, so ultimately, I'm going to end up going with the Boston Celtics over the Milwaukee Bucks, and that's because I think Boston is going to find their groove. Um, I hope they don't, but. The fact that I picked them to beat the Pacers means that I think that they're going to be better than where the, what they were in the regular season, and and then and they're going to be going up against Milwaukee, who obviously they have the Greek Freak um, MVP probably of the season. But you look at the, you look at Boston or um, Milwaukee, and then it's like all right, they got Eric Bledsoe at point guard. He's definitely good. Um, Chris Middleton, who's good. Brooke Lopez is okay. Um, I mean, that would just be a really, really good series. I'm just going to be a little contrarian here and, and not pick the Bucks and instead go with the Celtics. 
And then I'm going to have the Raptors over the 76ers. I just really like Toronto's team. And then in the Eastern Conference Finals, Celtics versus Raptors. I'm going with Toronto just because they've been there all season long. They've got Kawhi Leonard, who I think would be the best player in the series. Um, and so I've got the Toronto Raptors making it to the to the NBA Finals. In the West, I've got Golden State taking care of the Clippers. Um, Houston taking care of the Jazz. OKC over Portland. And then basically my only upset in the first round, I've got the San Antonio Spurs beating the Denver Nuggets. I just like the fact that the Spurs have Greg Popovich as their coach. They've got LaMarcus Aldridge, DeMar DeRozan, two guys who are, you know, certainly in their prime, if not towards the end of their prime. So it's kind of like now or never if you're if you're San Antonio. Um, and I guess, but I also kind of made that decision more based off of my um I, I guess I don't have much trust or or and, and the thing is I don't I don't watch Denver this this is probably how biased I am I watch Denver against the Pacers right and the Pacers beat them by forty points and I look at Denver's roster and I'm like yeah it, they've got a nice roster with uh, Jokic who is is an MVP candidate and Jamal Murray a young guy from Kentucky streaky shooter but both of those guys have, are untested and. There's a big difference between winning a lot of games in the pl- in the regular season and winning games in the playoffs. I think that I just feel like this is a, a, a series where um, the two seed being Denver is just going to get upset by the by the veteran team of the Spurs with the elite coaching of, of Pop. I think that maybe they'll be able to figure out ways to uh, mitigate Jokic's uh, impact. I think Denver's going to be playing a little tight. They went from missing the they they a lot of the guys on Denver's team have never even been in the playoffs, especially their top two guys Jokic and Murray. Um, they didn't make the playoffs last year, and now they're coming in as a two seed, as a favorite. They've got all the pressure in the world. There's no pressure on on San Antonio. So if San Antonio can take care of business and get one of those, if they can win it in Denver and then so swing the home court into their favor. I, I could see I could see the Spurs getting the upset here, so that's what I'm picking. I'm picking the Spurs over the Nuggets. Um, then, as we advance to round two of the Western Conference, uh, Western Conference, I've got the Warriors beating the Rockets, and then I've got Oklahoma City over San Antonio, setting up the Western Conference Finals of Golden State and Oklahoma City. And um, in this one, I'm going with Golden State. Surprise, surprise. Therefore. NBA championship for 2018-19 season. I've got Golden State Warriors seeking their fourth championship in the last five seasons up against the Toronto Raptors, um, a team who's been pretty much, I mean, they've kind of dominated the Eastern Conference regular season-wise, and then obviously they lost DeMar DeRozan, replaced him with Kawhi Leonard. They added Marcus Gasol and Danny Green. I really, really, really like this Toronto team. And I think this is the year that somebody else wins it. I'm going with Toronto as the NBA champs. Um, and it's, I put it, <laughs> I wrote it out like the guys that I think will make an impact. And it basically comes down to this. Uh, Toronto has more guys. And I think the bench unit for Toronto is going to uh, wreak havoc on Golden State. I, th- I think that, you know, if you follow the NBA, you probably have heard about 
Draymond Green and Kevin Durant and and kind of the dysfunction that's been there because you know is is KD going to stay in Golden State? Seems like he's seems like he's not. And I only say that based off of the podcast that I listen to. I obviously don't know anything. Um, it, it's crazy to to pick Toronto over Golden State, but it's really hard to win NBA championships and Golden State. Um, they're not guaranteed to win it. Although I guess they they haven't lost one since they've had Durant. Their team is so stacked though, with Curry and Durant, Thompson, Draymond, Boogie, Iguodala, uh, Sean Livingston. And then it, it's a pretty steep drop off. But then you look at Toronto, you got Kawhi, who if there's one dude in the league who could kind of handle Durant, maybe like maybe that's Kawhi. They've got Marcus Gasol, who I would like. Marcus Gasol is a really really good player. He's never made it to the to the finals. Um, you know he he was really successful with the Grizzlies, um, but got traded. Did he get traded? Yeah, because he was with Memphis earlier this season. Gets traded to a title contender with Toronto. Um, you know, I just Kawhi's obviously been an NBA champion with the Spurs. Uh, you got Kyle Lowry for Toronto, who's um, been around for a long time, played in a lot of big playoff games. He's kind of underperformed, but I think he should have way less pressure this year now that Kawhi and Gasol, and with the emergence of Pascal Siakam and Danny Green, a lot of playoff experience here with the with the Raptors. Um, I just I just really like their team and I just really don't want to see um, I don't want to see Golden State win it again. I want to see somebody new win it. So I'm going with the Raptors and I don't I'm not going to pick a, a game because like, I have no idea. But I think it's enough to just say Toronto and um, that'll be that. I'm, I'm really excited for the playoffs. It, it starts today and then um, and we'll go from there. So we'll see how the Pacers do. Um, I sure hope that they can win. I hope the heart wins out over the head and, um, that's that. So hope everybody has a good weekend and enjoy watching these playoffs, right? All right. Peace out.